0: Thank you so much again for joining us for today's webinar. Uh, the title of today's webinar is Ensuring a Successful CMMS Deployment, the Key Steps for Preparation. And as I mentioned, our speaker today is Ray. Before I introduce Ray, I will cover a couple of housekeeping topics. Um, today's webinar is being recorded. Uh, we will share a link with you after the event, and you'll be able to find it on the Flick Reliability YouTube um so if you want to revisit the content or share it with someone please feel free as always we do invite you to um put your comments and questions in the q a chat box on your screen so if you think of a question at all throughout the whole presentation just pop it in there and we will ask it at the end of the presentation cool so i will introduce ray now ray is an experienced senior implementation consultant with over eight years of expertise in deploying and implementing CMMS systems. He has delivered over 100 eMaint implementation projects and holds certifications as a project management professional and a reliability leader. Ray, thank you so much for being here today. Um, With that, I will hand over to you for today's talk. All
1: right, perfect. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, It's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, And I thank you for joining the webinar. Uh, on ensuring a successful CMMS deployment. We're gonna be going over a a few key slides here um, that i found over the years in my experience uh, really help customers when it comes to preparation. Uh, Preparation is key for successful CMMS deployment. It's, you know, preparation is key for really any software deployment or any project deployment, uh, and a CMMS deployment is no different. Um, So put together uh, five or six uh, key items here that you want to make sure that uh, you take into consideration when preparing to deploy a CMMS project. Um, If you've already deployed one, that is fine. Uh, These principles can also really apply to any project that you're undertaking at your organization. So definitely, uh, these are not uh, specific, um, completely specific to a CMMS project. You may also apply these to any other software deployment project that you may be working on. The first item that you really wanna take into consideration when uh, deploying a CMMS system would be how to manage stakeholder engagement. Stakeholder engagement is really critical because if nobody's really interested in your project or if nobody's really uh, paying attention to the project, if nobody really understands the value of the project and why it's being done, it makes uh, the project much, much more difficult to be successful. Um, Some key elements when it comes to stakeholder engagement that you wanna take into consideration is simply first identifying the stakeholders. stakeholders, Who are gonna be the end users of the CMMS system? Who are gonna be the key players when it comes to actually rolling out uh, and implementing this system? Are you gonna have an internal project manager on your side, on the customer side, that's going to manage this project, maybe not just at one site, but maybe multiple sites, identifying uh, the stakeholders um, is critically important because you want to make sure that uh, these individuals, uh, you understand what these individuals role in the projects will be. Some of them might be decision makers. Some of them might just be end users, but you'll want to identify those stakeholders early um, so that you know who this project is going to be um, adding value for at your organization, but also uh who this project will be uh, affecting once your stakeholders are identified the next thing you'll want to do is devise a communication plan for how to engage those stakeholders Uh, so i'm sure you know everyone knows uh, a situation maybe at your organization where you know you received an email months after a project was kicked off and you had no idea That this project was happening you had no idea that uh, maybe you were even working on something uh, that could have added value to the project that's why communication is important it's really important to let people the stakeholders know that a project is commencing Uh, it's also critically important uh, to communicate to the stakeholders about the progress of the project as well Um, so are the milestones being hit Um, are the KPIs that you've defined early on in your implementation uh, being met? Um, What does that progress look like? Devising a communication plan for the stakeholders uh, can really be done two ways. Uh, Typically, one way would be push communication. That would be sending emails, sending reports out regularly to a group of stakeholders. Um, Another method would be pool communication. So setting up let's say uh, an intranet site on a SharePoint where uh, stakeholders can go to that site, take a look at information regarding the project, take a look at the project status, um, and really become uh, knowledgeable about the project and the current progress of the project. So once the the stakeholders are identified, it's really critical that you uh, come up with a communication plan for how to inform these stakeholders, keep them in the loop, um, email, uh, can be one method, but I'm really a fan of uh, creating reports and metrics and uh, even, let's say, monthly uh, debrief uh, newsletters that can keep all stakeholders in the know about the current uh, progress of the project. Another really important uh, part of stakeholder engagement uh, and getting stakeholders to be engaged and interested in your project early on would be a successful project kickoff. So a project kickoff is really, really important because it creates excitement for the project early on. Uh, If you don't do a project kickoff and uh, make it known to the organization that this project is happening, you might run into a situation, uh, like I just mentioned, where uh, an end user that's planning on using the system might not actually even know that the project exists or that it's uh, coming down the line. So a successful project kickoff is really great for getting the communication out, building excitement for the project, but also letting uh, uh, impacted stakeholders know uh, that the project has been initiated and uh, even the benefits of the project as well. The kickoff is also important for really kind of getting the key decision makers on the same page. The project kickoff meeting typically could last three days, four days, is really important uh, for the key decision makers of the project to attend. That way everyone can kind of get on the same page about, Uh, the plan forward uh, and how uh, a successful outcome is going to be achieved with the project. Another really important uh, topic when it comes to stakeholder engagement is how to keep them engaged long-term. A lot of times with uh, implementations that I've seen in the past, let's say it's a multi-site implementation for a CMMS system where a client might be implementing a system at 15 or 20 different facilities and there's a lot of momentum in the beginning. Uh, the first site, you know, it goes very successfully. Uh, everyone's super excited. The second site is the same. The third site is the same. The fourth site uh, goes okay. There's a little bit of uh, maybe resistance from the team there. And then as the project progresses, uh, the actual engagement from the end users and the engagement from the project team can tend to decline. Uh, so it's really important not just to engage your stakeholders in the beginning of the project, uh, but really important to keep people interested and keep people engaged throughout the lifetime of the project. So not just those first five sites that you plan on rolling out a CMMS ad, uh, also all 20 sites. And you want to create a plan for how to keep those uh, individuals engaged uh, long term as well, not just in the very beginning of the project. So just uh, some ideas here in regards to how to keep them engaged uh, long-term would be quarterly business reviews, uh, setting up a meeting, let's say quarterly, for the team to all get on a conference call together and review the status of the project. What are the current uh, um, milestones and benefits that have been realized uh, when it comes to the project and what is the game plan for moving forward for the next quarter? Uh, QBRs or quarterly business reviews are a really good idea uh, when it comes to uh, engaging uh, stakeholders long-term. Uh, in addition, the quarterly meetings, you can also do annual meetings. Those can be helpful for sure. Regular training. So a lot of times with these sites where they have 15 or let's say 20 um, sites that they're rolling out a CMS um, at, uh, some of these uh, sites later down the line really need some assistance when it comes to training. So keeping uh, the end users trained in how to use the software is critically important. You don't wanna just allot all your resources at the beginning of the project. You wanna make sure that um, as you roll out the the system, you're engaging stakeholders along the way and training can be a great part of that, making sure that uh, all end users know how to use the system. Um, keeping stakeholders engaged long-term can also include new CMMS initiatives. So your year one with a CMMS system uh, might look kind of basic. It might just be you know, getting work orders up and running, getting preventative maintenance up and running. Uh, and that's really kind of your goal for the first year. The second year might uh, include certain things like getting into predictive maintenance or uh, getting meter-based preventative maintenance up and running and really kind of get, getting heavy into the report uh, reporting modules of the CMMS system because now you have data that you can really analyze that's been inputted into the system for a year. So there's always something uh, to work on in a CMMS system and any database in general. Uh, and there's always ways to make it better. And a lot of times, that excitement that you can build around new initiatives uh, can keep stakeholders engaged. There's always uh, something new and exciting to work on in a CMMS system, especially one that's cloud-based like Eman. Uh, so Eman is constantly, uh, we're always releasing new features uh, for the system uh, that benefit our customers. Uh, and those new features can come along with new initiatives. Maybe there's a new uh, feature that you'd like to use. You can go into the system and you know make that a priority uh, for year two or year three and use that as a way to engage your stakeholders long-term all right so our second uh actually i included a a key um slide uh just wanted to include a graphic here so when it comes to communicating and stakeholder engagement i just want to make a point that it's not necessarily more uh so a lot of customers think oh if i send emails out all the time or if i hold meetings all the time and i send reports every single week about the status of that uh project to the stakeholders that's going to keep them engaged That's not necessarily true. Uh, And in fact, I would almost make the the argument that that actually desensitizes uh, the stakeholders to the point where they might not even be interested in the project anymore. Uh, So when planning your stakeholder engagement, make sure you tailor the message to the specific stakeholder. Um, If you have a maintenance technician uh, that is working at a facility, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be inundating their inbox with, let's say, reports and stuff like that. But I would let them know if there's an upcoming training opportunity for them to maybe uh, learn a feature of the system that uh, they weren't previously um, aware of Uh, that is something that you could tailor to the specific uh, stakeholder so more is not necessarily better when it comes to just communicating endlessly you want to probably uh, scale back the amount of communication that uh, comes out uh, when it comes to stakeholder engagement but also make sure that you're tailoring it to the right uh, to the right stakeholder CEOs, CFOs are going to want to see different information than the maintenance technician. So make sure that when you are communicating, uh, when it comes to stakeholder engagement, your communicating is tailored to the specific stakeholder. Um, The next key uh, to ensure a successful CMMS deployment would be executive sponsorship. Executive sponsorship is critically important uh, for short-term and long-term success of the project short term you want to make sure that uh there's excitement uh that's built from the beginning and that there's definitely momentum in the very beginning of the project that's coming down from leadership um usually in my experience there is absolutely executive sponsorship uh for these projects in the very beginning a uh, long-term executive executive sponsorship can tend to be something that's a little bit more challenging i think it's really important that for any organization that's planning on rolling out a CMS system. That you make sure that the, the higher ups, the senior leadership team, are on board with backing this project today, but also 60 days from now, uh, a year from now, two years from now, and five years from now. Uh, this shouldn't be, you know, like a flavor of the month kind of uh, initiative where, you know, right now, you know, a CMS is important to the organization, uh, but in a year from now, it might not be. Um, executive sponsorship is really important because it motivates the team but also makes sure that uh, this team the success of the CMMS stays a priority it also ensures necessary financial support for the project um, so e is a subscription model uh, so every year you will uh, renew your agreement with Eman. We want to make sure that the project has that sponsorship at the executive level uh, because there could uh, potentially be uh, necessary financial support that's needed in the future. There could be training initiatives uh, to support the CMMS that uh, potentially cost uh, some money. And it's really important, I think, to have that executive sponsorship uh, so that the, the team, the project team, and uh, the end users feel supported uh, both from a motivation standpoint, but also uh, from a financial standpoint. Um, it also ensures that the, the project goals, the CMMS deployment project goals, are aligned with uh, larger company program goals or program initiatives. So EMA and uh, or your CMMS of choice uh, will not necessarily be the only initiative uh, that the company is working on. Every organization is constantly working on multiple initiatives at the same time. Uh, you'll want to make sure that uh, the CMMS itself is aligned with other broader uh, company initiatives that are taking place and the best uh resource to do that would be the executive sponsor all right so the next key to a successful deployment uh would be the definition of success so the i misspelled success there i apologize uh the definition of success is critically important uh because it's really how you define your requirements for the project. So you might, you know, have a CMMS, an idea of how you want a CMMS system to work, uh, but defining what success is gonna be for you is critically important because, you know, you're purchasing the system. Yes, it can close work orders. Yes, it can do preventative maintenance, but how do you define being successful? A year from now, uh, looking back, uh, what would you say made you successful so that's one of the the, uh, the key items here for the definition of success is collecting the requirements what are the requirements for uh, making this project successful so that's really kind of when, where you want to start and this should be something that you include um, all decision making level stakeholders in you want to make sure that what well, one person wants from the CMS system isn't completely different than what another uh, individual at your organization wants from the CMS system. Uh, collecting requirements uh, is critically important, uh, and it's really important to get all get on the same page in regards to how you uh, need the system to work uh, and also how you want the system to work. One handy way to do this um, to facilitate the requirements collection would be uh, looking at the past from the future. So uh, in the beginning of your project, uh, sit together as a team And think about yourselves in the the future. Think about your team a year from now and two years from now. And you're in a meeting uh, two years from now, and you're reminiscing about how successful the project was. And you're talking to each other, and you said, yes, it was amazing how we did this, and it was amazing how the system did that, and uh, it was uh, very user-friendly. Doing this exercise, looking at the past from the future, pretending to be in a future place and looking back on what made the project su- successful is a really unique exercise and a really handy exercise that I oftentimes do with new customers that helps them visualize their own success in the future. Uh, you'll wanna write those things down. So that's the next item here. Uh, you really shouldn't be just you know talking about this stuff uh, in a meeting uh, out loud and brainstorming without actually writing them down. You want to actually get this stuff written down take a look at the list of uh, success factors or requirements that you've listed out and compile a list. Take a look at at that list together and uh, refine that list. Uh, Another uh, important thing is that you'll wanna continuously reassess that list as well. Um, Things change, business requirements change. What you needed from the CMMS system this year might not be exactly what you need from the CMMS system in year two. Uh, maybe there's a regulation uh, that came down in year two that's going to completely change how you planned on using the system. You'll want to reassess those requirements. Uh, so I will just mention that uh, defining what success means to you when it comes to uh, your CMMS is something that can can be evolving. It can be changing. Uh, you'll want to write down uh, a list, but it, it could be a list that does, in fact, change and, and should continually be reassessed. Um, The next item to ensure your uh, success with a a CMMS deployment would be project team availability. Um, So it's critically important. I see this, you know, I I wish I didn't see it as much as I I do. But oftentimes, uh, there's just not uh, enough availability uh, to make the project successful when it comes to ensuring uh, key team members' involvement. So for instance, Uh, A lot of, one of the big verticals for a CMMS system is manufacturing. I understand that, you know, machines break and, you know, key team members might be, uh, you know, the goal is to get those machines running and keep them up and running. And oftentimes you can be taken away from uh, work that, you know, is more desk oriented, uh, such as, you know, implementing a CMMS system. You'll want to make sure though, for the success of the project that key team members are available including subject matter experts so if there are certain it requirements that you're going to have uh, for the project maybe you're interested in getting single sign-on set up for the project you'll want to make sure that on your end you are prepared and have availability for key team members uh e or e and any cms system that you're deploying should you know i understand that there's probably other projects that you're working on but absolutely the cms should be a priority if it's not looked at as a priority, unfortunately, those are the implementations that I've seen fail in the past. So you'll want to make sure that you know, even though uh, you know in business we're always constantly juggling different priorities, you will want to make sure that your software deployment and your CMMS deployment is one of your top priorities. You would never want to make it a secondary priority, or uh, you run the risk of the project failing. Um, I did put a note here for including a plan for management of business continuity. Uh, So this aligns with the project team availability because it's something that I've seen more recently, more definitely more often where key team team members, let's say are leaving the organization or you're getting uh, new team members involved in the project. Just make sure that all the work for the project is not all on the shoulders of one person. You'll wanna actually assemble a team of folks. Uh, Because if somebody leaves the team or someone new uh, comes on board, you don't want to lose that business continuity. You want to make sure that, uh, you know, if the champion was just one person, the project manager uh, at your organization uh, in charge of rolling out the CMS was just one person and they leave the organization, that can really spell trouble uh, for the success of the implementation. And Unfortunately, I have seen many projects fail because uh, a key person left. So just make sure that we're talking about team members, plural, not just one team member when it comes to um, assigning responsibility for the project. The next key to ensuring a successful CMS deployment would be the data itself. Um, so data is critically important, and really, at the end of the day, uh, all databases succeed or fail, based on the data that we put in them. Uh, so data is critically important, it's never too early, you want to prepare and start to think about data uh, from the very beginning of your implementation. Uh, so some key items here in regards to, to data would be to plan enough time up front for data collection. And you might say, Ray, I already have a CMS system in place. I already have uh, a trove of data that we're just gonna put into this new system. And that might be true, but I always let customers know, think if you're implementing a new CMMS system, view that new CMMS system as kind of like your brand new shiny car, where you really want, you know, you you paid a pretty penny for it. You don't necessarily want to just take data out of your old system and put it into a new system uh, and call it a day. Uh, You may at this point want to take some time, take a look at the data, cleanse that data, and make sure that it's uh, put into the system in in a manner that's clean and concise you might have equipment in there that's old, uh, that hasn't been used in uh, years, it's been decommissioned. Uh, it's a really good time to kind of cleanse your data before getting it into the system. But you wanna make sure that you plan enough time for it. Data collection is not something, data collection and cleansing is not necessarily something that has uh, happens overnight. Uh, it can be pretty time consuming uh, depending on the amount of data that you have to review. So always plan for, for data cleansing. Uh, I have seen a lot of customers successful uh, in actually hiring a a project team member to work with them. Let's say temporarily um, they hire a temp position to just assist uh, with the data component of the CMMS deployment. Uh, And also it's uh, really kind of helpful as well uh, just to have that person designated as the owner of the the data collection and perhaps the data cleansing. You'll want to devise a data collection plan. Uh, just making sure, mostly to set a deadline for yourself. Uh, you don't wanna just say, hey, you know, we're just gonna start collecting our data. Um, you really wanna create a plan. All right, this week we're uh, gonna attempt to get uh, this type of asset on our manufacturing floor collected in the system or cleansed in the system, uh, and then go from there. You really wanna create um, deadlines for yourself so that you have something to work towards. When it comes to data collection and data cleansing, do not let perfection be the enemy of good. And what I mean by that is that you'll never have 100% perfect data. Um, you know, I'd be lying if you know I said that even our own internal systems that we use uh, at my company are completely clean. Uh, but don't let that be the enemy of you actually using the system. Uh, One example I could give you is that a customer that I worked with previously, um, they spent about six months, I think, uh, collecting, uh, and I think it was about 200 assets. And uh, every single data point on that asset record was populated. They had every single serial number in there. They had every single model number there. Um, They defined everything by asset type. So they did a really good job, but it took six months. Uh, and they actually held up the project for six months. So what I would recommend is that, you know there's gonna be possibly some holes in your data uh, at some places, don't let that completely stop you from using the system. What I would say, if it is a field that you plan on reporting off of though, if it is a data point that you do plan on reporting off of in the future, perhaps to use uh, in one of your metrics or KPIs, definitely make sure to get that populated but other information that's maybe just extra information that's helpful for the end user, try your best to fill it in and over time you can uh, begin to fill it in, but I wouldn't let you know certain uh, pieces of your data that perhaps are missing hold you back from actually using a CMMS system. You don't want to hold up an implementation for six months while you collect asset data. Um, and this kind of dovetails into the next point here, start where you are, wherever you are, in your your maintenance uh, journey, whether that maybe you're using paper, you know, maybe you're using an Excel file uh, to manage your maintenance. Uh, start where you are. You know, start using a CMMS system, and maybe start with the basics first. And as I mentioned, over time you can create some goals for year one, and then goals for year two, and then goals for year three that really kind of advance the program, the CMMS system to the next level. Uh, But start where you are. Maybe start with the basics. Don't try to necessarily um, start with stuff that's too advanced. Uh, Just really start where you are. Starting is better than not starting. The next item here, uh, when it comes to ensuring a successful CMMS deployment, would be managing change, so change management. Uh, One important thing when it comes to a deployment uh, is to expect change. You know, you could do your best in that project kickoff. You could do your best in that sales process to really try to define the requirements for what you're going to be looking for in a CMS system. But you're really just doing your best guess at that time. Things will change. Businesses are always changing. Businesses environments are always changing. You know, who knew a pandemic was going to come and really kind of wreak havoc um, on a lot of the processes that we were used to? expect change uh, but plan appropriate responses to to those changes that you could foresee happening so that's critically important as well Uh, so for instance if one of the key team members leaves the organization have a plan in place for how you expect to maybe offset some of that workload um, if that change was to occur so expect change but also plan appropriate responses for those change Also implement perhaps a a formal change management process. And this is really helpful in multi-site rollout. So let's say you're rolling a CMMS system out at five or 10 or 20 sites. You'll wanna have a formal process in place when one individual at an individual site, let's say an end user or the plant manager, or maybe even a technician, wants to change something in the system. They want to do something different. Uh, than what one of the other sites is doing. Uh, And that happens quite often where maybe they don't do things exactly the same. You have 20 different manufacturing facilities that 10 of them are doing things exactly the same, five of them are doing them slightly different, but kind of the same, and then the last five, let's say, are doing things quite differently. You'll wanna make sure that you have a change management process in place uh, to handle requests that you get from the individual sites uh, to enact change. Uh, from there, it should kind of go to a change control board that you define. Typically it would be the project team where, uh, they would kind of field these requests from the individual sites and then maybe uh, plan on implementing that change. There's nothing wrong with individual sites or, uh, individual users proposing a change to the system. And in fact, I think that's a good thing. feedback should always be welcome. Uh, especially when it comes to, to the end user. Uh, the end users are the ones that are using the system day in and day out, and oftentimes the best ideas for enhancements to the system come from the end user. Uh, so you'll want a process for fielding those requests, those change requests, uh, and then a- potentially approving them, but also uh, potentially implementing them as well into the CMS. So, for instance, maybe one site wants to begin tracking uh, downtime on one of the the on the on every work order. Uh, but downtime was not something that the previous sites wanted to track Uh, that site could uh, submit that as a request into your change management process and then once that request is approved maybe you make the decision hey do we just want to implement that at one individual site that the site that requested it, or is that perhaps a good idea that we want to try to implement across the board Change management is also super helpful for business continuity. Like I said, if there's certain, uh, you know, turnover at the organization, you'll want to make sure that you can manage that change. Uh, and, and again, expect change. It, change will happen for sure. And uh, I put this nice graphic here uh, by uh, from Spock and Captain Kirk. Change is the essential process of all existence. If change is inevitable, predictable, beneficial, I actually see change as beneficial as well. Um, doesn't logic demand that you be a part of it? So you'll want to make sure that, you know, really change is a part of life, you know, just expect it, uh, but have a plan for how to manage that change. All right. Uh, and that's really the end of the, the key items that I wanted to talk about when it comes to a successful, uh, CMMS deployment. Uh, but I do want to let you know one more thing keep calm and have fun life is short um so i have you know in the many projects that i've worked on seeing customers it can be stressful at certain times you know there is going to be highs there is going to be lows uh expect them but also just keep calm and have fun while you're doing it uh life is short Uh, so you got to make the best of it i really you know uh, have fun with it Uh, there's going to be hurdles but you'll overcome them uh it's definitely you know, some you'll learn lots uh, with any CMMs deployment, and those uh, things that you'll learn are super valuable for any other projects that you'll be working on, uh, whether it's at your organization or really any aspect of your life. Uh, always look at uh, any project like like these as a learning
0: opportunity. Awesome! Right. Thank you so Thank much, you. Ray. Uh, that was brilliant. Um, as a reminder to everybody, at today's webinar is recorded. Uh, So we will post it on the Fluke Reliability YouTube channel. We'll also send a link out to to everyone who attended via email um, just so you can access any of these um, kind of elements or share it with your your teams as well. Um, We do have a few questions that have submitted. Um, The Q&A chat box is still open though so please fire your questions in there because we've got um, a little bit of time, a little bit of Ray's time so he can answer some of your questions. Um, a few people have asked if the deck will be available after the presentation. Yes, it absolutely will. We'll share that um, as part of the follow-up email. Um, so, Ray, the first question that I've got is, uh-huh. what is one of the most common missteps that you've seen customers make during the planning and preparation phase of implementing a new CMS system? And how can this be re- avoided?
1: Yeah, one of the, and I touched on this, uh, I think, a little bit in the presentation, one of the most common missteps that I see is a lack of preparation when it comes to defining requirements. So really defining what what is it that we want the system to do for us? What do we need, need it to do uh, to be uh, a successful system uh, for our use case? Um, requirements are important because it gets everyone on the same page and really kind of allows all the the key decision makers and the stakeholders to have a shared vision uh, for what they want the system to be. Um, so if you don't have that up front, unfortunately, a lot of times you can create some tension, right? Because one, what one stakeholder um, might want to see in the project might not be exactly what another stakeholder wants uh, in the project. How one stakeholder wants to use the system might not be exactly how another stakeholder wants to use the system. So making sure that everyone gets on the same page when it comes to the requirements, but also the vision for the system early on is critically important because it's gonna save you a lot of trouble later on uh, if you know everyone agreed to that up front, right? Everyone was part of that process upfront. Everyone knew what the goal was for the project and what the benefit of the project was and what the shared vision of the project was going to be. Uh, making sure that happens early on is critically important to make the project successful, but also to avoid conflict in the future. I will say that as well. Uh, you wanna really make sure that everyone is on the same page from the beginning.
0: Nice. Um, we've had another one in the chat box that says, I'm trying to res- resurrect an implementation which has been moribund for several years do We have access to templates from implementations which have worked well for others, um, or is it kind of a, a bespoke thing that's really kind of tailored to, to your company specifically? To be
1: honest, it is really tailored to the specific company. Um, there are some broad general principles, of course, that you know, and we've outlined some of those in the, the presentation today that could be helpful uh, to make your project a success, even if you know you're manufacturing it might your system might be completely different than let's say another manufacturer based on you know the industry so in regards to actually uh we do have some demo accounts absolutely that we could provide that really would allow you to see a fully configured system um or a trial account that you could get uh and kind of get your uh hands uh dirty in a a demo a trial account and really kind of see how the system uh, a fully configured system works uh and that can really kind of help get the the wheels turning in regards to all right this this is what it's supposed to look like um so definitely something that
0: we could provide awesome that sounds good um someone else has put normally who is the cms owner in an organization and who's accountable for it so sort of what have you seen from your experience
1: yeah it really depends uh oftentimes it could be the maintenance manager uh which i will say uh, can make projects sometimes a little bit more challenging. Uh, a maintenance manager, their responsibility is really to you know, manage the maintenance team and uh, ensure that the equipment stays running. So the successful implementations that I've seen, you really should have a dedicated project manager. So that's working in conjunction with the maintenance manager. So the maintenance manager knows what the team needs, right? They know what they need from the CMMS system but they might not necessarily have the complete bandwidth to devote to to a project like this. So I would usually recommend an assigned project manager. Um, So whether that's a consultant or somebody uh, within the organization uh, that's been uh, assigned as a project manager, um, it's typically much more successful if it's not necessarily the maintenance manager. They work in conjunction with the maintenance manager. And then also, like I said, another resource who I mentioned earlier is assigned to helping with the data. Uh, So whether it be data collection or data cleansing, having that other resource that is really kind of dedicated to the data uh, component of a CMS is uh, super helpful as well. Um, There's lots of work that needs to take place and uh, you'll want to make sure that there's enough bandwidth for the project team members to actually make the project successful. Um, I would say multi-site, <clears throat> excuse me, multi-site rollouts. If you're not just deploying the CMS at one site, you're deploying at let's say ten sites, or twenty sites, or fifty sites. You'll absolutely want to have a project manager. Uh, it's it's just not you you cannot if there's not a project manager on the customer side, there's not going to be any consistency. In um, in how things are done. So, you know, us as the vendor, we're going to do our best uh, to make sure that we advise on how how things are done. But a lot of times, uh, we need the support uh, of let's say a project manager on the customer side to really drive that point home to the stakeholders, to the end users, to the plant managers at each of these sites um, about the vision and the value that they're going to get from from a project like this. Um, so absolutely, if it's multi-site, you should absolutely have a project manager. If you're deploying a CMS system at just one site, I could see maybe, you know, uh, the maintenance manager and then uh, possibly some other, maybe an IT person or possibly even someone that's part of the maintenance team uh, helping. And then in addition to that, maybe like a temp or even like an intern that can help with uh, the data collection component. What well, you don't want is the t- maintenance technicians sitting in front of a computer for eight hours a day uh working on setting up a CMMS system that's definitely not a good idea um and the maintenance managers you don't really want to completely uh eat up all the time in their day as well email and CMMS system is just one part of your job you don't want to make it 100 percent of your job
0: totally and do you kind of see um change management wrapped into that or or would you say that's a separate role uh
1: the change management should be yeah it definitely the project manager that i just mentioned should absolutely uh be part of the the change management so multi-site implementations are challenging because you have different personalities at different sites and different people uh at different sites that might want to see different things in their cms so the the shared vision that i mentioned in the beginning is is kind of uh important for uh keeping those additional sites in line they should be aware of the shared vision but it's not going to completely stop you know someone from from an individual site saying hey i want this in my system and that's i i need it in there but those types of uh requests should go to the project manager uh and the project team the change control board for either approval or rejection if it's approved absolutely you can implement it but there really needs to be a a change management process in place or else what's going to happen is you're going to have 20 uh sites set up with the CMS system that are just doing things completely different and you don't want to do that because over time that can definitely present some issues
0: cool um, we've got another question here that says We're implementing a brand new CMMS system that will be replacing an aging on premise solution that was in place in our organisation for over 20 years. Although the system isn't meeting our business and strategy needs, the team has grown accustomed to using it. Um, so there'll probably be sort of significant pushback, mm-hmm. uh, especially in getting the team members to use it. Do you have advice on how to gain their trust? Um, and buy-in. And I guess the, the change management yep. piece kind of fil- filters yeah. in really key here. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and this is something that we see all the time. You know, you're going to get pushback from people sometimes. Just expect it. Expect that kind of pushback, you know, but also plan for it. Um, when you expect things, you should have a, a plan in place to how to how res- for how to respond to certain things that you expect to occur. What I've seen... To be actually successful is to engage those team members so the ones that are are pushing back oftentimes they really just want to be heard uh, they just want to feel a sense of ownership and participation in the project um, obviously they might not be at the level where they could potentially be a key decision maker in the project um, but you may want to engage them further and really kind of have them in, give their own input into the project. I've seen that be successful. Once they give their own input in the project and they see that that input has been, you know, uh, received and actually not completely disregarded, um, I think that's gonna go a long way in making sure that there's uh, less pushback on the project. Um, assign some responsibility to them. Maybe get some help from them. Um, they might begrudgingly do it at first, but I would bet money that over time, once you know they see, hey, you know, I'm helping on this project. I want it to be, I have a skin in the game here as well. I want to see this project succeed. Um, so I would actually, yeah, engage them more and maybe even consider giving giving them a little bit of uh at least uh allowing uh some input into the
0: project. Awesome. Um got another one here so one of our core project team members recently left the organization but it was right before we're about to start a 12-week cmms implementation project so we're debating whether we should place the project on hold or continue as planned with a less experienced colleague assisting it Um, Mm -hmm. what sort of considerations should they take into account if they're to continue the project or alternatively if they put it on hold
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a really good question. This is something probably less so now I see it, but during the the great resignation, oh my gosh, I, you know, left and right, these, you know, project champions and project managers were, were leaving. Uh, and this was uh, something that was coming up quite often. So I would say as long as you can make sure that the resources are still available to get the project completed, even if you need to bring in someone that is potentially a little bit less experienced, I would still say start. Um, I don't think you necessarily want to hold uh, hold up the project com- completely because you're uh, down, down a person. I would say maybe consider uh, promoting from within and giving someone the responsibility uh, to kind of replace the person who left the organization. Now the one situation where I would say maybe consider uh, maybe holding off would be for whatever reason, let's say the CMMS system and the deployment is no longer a priority let's say because something because of that change uh it's not as much of a priority you will never deploy a cms system unless it's one of your top company or organization priorities um if it's not you know and you can have multiple top priorities right but the cms system and the deployment of the cms system should be one of the top priorities if it's somewhere down the list like three or four you're not ready uh, to deploy the CMS system. Uh, you want to make sure that it's a top priority for the organization.
0: Awesome. And then we've got another one here that says, can you expand um on the future tense exercise uh, that you mentioned earlier?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is a really uh interesting exercise um, that I've worked uh in some brainstorming sessions that I've worked with on uh, new customers where you as a group uh you're kind of reminiscing but in reverse so you you think of yourselves let's say three years uh three years out from where you are uh so three years from today let's say we're in 2026 and you're you're uh all uh in a meeting room you're happy you're talking about how successful the project was uh uh, what made it successful uh, what are the really uh, successful elements of it that really added value to the businesses? And you're reminiscing uh, at this table in the future three years from now. Uh, you want to write those things down that you're visualizing in your head. And even though you haven't achieved them yet, that's going to give you a blueprint for what the the high level uh, you know goals or and uh, you know high level requirements of what the project success means to you. Uh, So kind of visualize yourselves in the future. It could be a year from now if you want. Uh, It could be two or three. But then as you're almost as if you're reminiscing as a group, uh, talking to each other about how successful your CMMS deployment was and listing out what reasons why it was made successful and then getting those written down. And that can be a really good guide uh, for uh, defining your success, defining what success means to you. Uh, and actually helps with the, the development of uh, CMMS
0: requirements as well, the requirements that you need. I'll mute there. I said, awesome, that's a really, uh, a really good tip. Uh, we have. And another some other one. really
1: nifty exercises that I could. Uh, if you're interested, I could definitely shoot over some more. Another one uh, is uh, that can be handy is uh, defining the product box. So uh if maybe the team is unsure about like the vision or the requirements of what the CMMS is supposed to do pretend that you're designing the box of let's say uh, a package that's going to be sitting on a retail shelf and you as a group and you can even do this in person get a, a cardboard box and people uh and grab a marker and actually to start uh writing uh your company's name CMMS deployment as the product and then some really amazing parts of that product and start to jot those down on the outside of the box that would kind of convey the benefits or the value of that product and those can really be good uh things for you to uh uh, include as part of your requirements or your product or your vision for successful deployment so actually like designing uh the product box that you would put on like a retail shelf to really convey uh what you're trying to achieve and it's a fun exercise, too, yeah,
0: awesome. I like that. Kind of really visualizes it as well
1: yeah, visualize, but also there's only there's a finite uh, amount of space on a box, yeah. so that's really important for making it sure uh, you know you what you don't want sometimes with your requirements is let's say a list of like two hundred items. you know that might be true, but you also want to make sure that uh you define some key uh vision requirements and just general requirements uh you know separated from the the large list and defining the product box is a good way to really make it uh so that you only write the important stuff on there because like i said there is a finite amount
0: of space on a box awesome um there's another one here that says do you have any thoughts on planning ahead for specific forms and data tables mm-hmm. while collecting and cleansing data or should that be defined in the system requirements planning
1: yeah so uh we do have uh again a trial count that you could see we have out of the box fields and forms within the system and i'm speaking specifically to emain here um, we do have defined uh, forms inside the system, and we do have a, a, a data template as well. So if you don't have that data template, uh, it is an Excel template with different tabs on it that really is a good place for you to kind of populate your data in just so that you know the correct format that it's going to need to be in in order to get it into emate. Um, another important thing to note, and uh, speaking specifically to e though, is how flexible our system is. Uh, if you want to collect a data point, you can collect the data point. Add it as a take our template, but add a add a column for a data point that you want to collect. So, for instance, maybe uh, you want to, for whatever reason, uh, track the color of the assets that you're importing into the system. Uh, you could very easily add a column for color. Is that a field that we have on our, our out of the box form in the system? No, but absolutely, you can add a column for it in your data collection template or your data cleansing template. And then once you uh, configure the form inside of EMain, we'll just make sure that we uh, add that field manually. EMain is super flexible. We have the ability to create um, custom fields in the system to pretty much host data, uh, host uh, data for any data point that you'd like to track in the system.
0: Awesome. We've also got one that says um, you spoke about sponsorship. Mm-hmm. What happens if your project starts and stops in the middle? um has this happened has it kind of affected uh sponsorship and how can you avoid it
1: yeah definitely something that happens and i think that um you know you'll want to it's no different than any sort of turnover that you know i think we experience at any level of the project like i said maybe the project manager leaves maybe you know a key team project team member leaves if an executive sponsor uh leaves the organization you'll want to have a somebody has to to continue to give that sponsorship um, the, the the project will not necessarily be successful if it doesn't have that sponsorship so it's critically important I think that if you lose that sponsorship at any point uh, you talk to another senior leader about who is gonna really kind of own the sponsorship of this project um, because you, you need that you need that top-down uh, support for the project. Like I said, there might be financial things in the future uh, that uh, need to happen when it comes to making the project successful, and you'll want to make sure that you have the buy-in uh, from the from the top down uh, to ensure that you know that's not an issue in the future.
0: And ultimately, it benefits the whole team, right? So they should be on board anyway.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You want to. You know. It, it builds engagement for the end users you know if the if the leadership is behind the project uh, it also motivates the team members as well you know they really want to make sure that um, the what they're working on aligns with the the larger initiatives of the company so having an executive sponsor backing the project can go a long way in making sure that hey i'm doing the right thing i'm this is aligning with what our senior leadership team wants and uh it's you know part of any a, a larger initiative let's say of, of where the company is going
0: Bob, and i'll just do one last question i'm hoping this makes sense to you because it doesn't to me um yep. but it says what was ccb
1: oh ccb was change control board so uh change control board uh is a way to field change requests so you might uh, let's say it's a 20-site rollout, you could potentially have a plant manager at one of the sites who says, hey, I need this in my CMMS system. This is how I used to use it at my old company. I need this in there, I need this in there, I need this in there. You need a way to manage the, that change. So when the change request is received, it really should go uh, to a change control board. Uh, and it—it it it's a fancy word for a group of people that says yes, we'll implement the change, or no, we will not implement the change. Uh, but CCB stands for Change Control Board. You'll want to assemble uh, a group of people uh, that can make the decision of whether to uh, say yes or no to change requests that are uh, that are, uh, arise from individual uh, sites. Uh, it could also include the executive sponsor in that Change Control Board. Not always, though, uh, but definitely like the project uh, leader um, and maybe some other folks that were heavily
0: involved in the project. Fab. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for sharing your, your insights and your expertise today. Uh, you got some really nice compliments in the, in the chat box, um, and in the comment section, and there was lots of questions, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. do you have any sort of comments that you'd like to make, um, in closing at all?
1: No, absolutely. Feel free to, it's been a pleasure today. Feel free to connect with me. Uh, on LinkedIn. I think my email address was also uh, on one of the slides. Feel free to reach out to me by email. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to, you know, offer any guidance uh, that you might need. Uh, You know, there's going to be, you know, expect challenges with any sort of project like this, uh, but have fun. You know, it's really life's too short. So I really just want to reiterate that last thing. Keep calm and have fun. Uh, That's what you know, life is about, and, you know, you'll learn a lot from these projects, and it's it's definitely an exciting thing. Uh, just really, you know, stay focused on uh, the success of the project, and you'll, you'll be good.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you to everybody who joined us today. Um, there will be a short survey that gets sent um, straight after this. It's just literally six questions, um, and it really helps us to kind of improve these webinars um, and get lots of nice people on board to speak like Ray. Um, If you have any questions, you can also reach out to to us at the fleet Reliability team or like Ray said, uh, reach out to him directly. But thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Thank you.